Good evening, and welcome to A Closer Look. I'm your host, Laurie Hackett, and thanks for joining us. This is our 12th episode of A Closer Look, and it's been a great year as we've been able to spend time with volunteers and leaders who are doing such amazing work in our community. Tonight is a very special program. We usually have two guests on this program, as you may know, but we're changing that up for this last program of 2022. Our special guest tonight is Tony Ionelli. Tony is celebrating 25 years with the Greater Lehigh Valley Chamber of Commerce, and for that reason, we wanted to celebrate that and have Tony on as our only guest tonight. Tony, welcome. Oh, thanks for having me. That's exciting. I'm the the only guest, so You're the, I better carry the carry the load. I know that's that right. That's right. For 30 minutes, we're together. <laughs> so, Tony, thrilled about it. You and I have known each other for a long time. Yeah. And I know you personally and professionally, but I think a lot of our listeners might not know some things. So tonight we're going to spend some time certainly talking about the chamber, always with volunteers at the core, but also spend a little time personally getting to know you a little bit more, if that sounds okay. Sounds great to me. Great. Well, let's start right in. Tony, you're the president, you're the CEO of the chamber. Tell us about that role. How does it make you feel when you get to go to work every day in that leadership role? You know, you would think after 25 years, you'd be very comfortable in it or or you'd be you know accepting of it but i i literally you know people say this stuff but i've literally pinched myself every day i i don't know how i got here but i'm here thank god i don't know how i lasted you know i've been getting fired in my mind almost every day so but no it's been it's a blessing it's an honor it's fun it's amazing it's exciting sometimes challenging but i often think after 25 years because i'm this isn't because i have a i always say not because i have a wonderful work ethic it's just that i'm really nosy and i'm on my <laughs> phone all the time but i'm just thankful i still am healthy and love it and uh, love doing it that's awesome you know in 25 years i'm sure a lot has changed mm. obviously what is something that's really noticeable for you that has changed over those two and a half decades Wow, uh, several, um, a lot of things actually, but I would say number one, the way we communicate uh, mm-hmm. to members has changed dramatically. Uh, so that's number one. I think for me too, the challenge, when I say challenge, not in a way like, oh boy, this is, I don't want to do this challenge, but I think I, I love uh, managing staff. It's something I've always really loved doing. And now it's different. You have to adjust, I think, a bit of how you manage people. And, uh, and it's a, like a, a work in progress, I would say. And again, that's not like, oh, boy, it's so hard. Or, uh, you know, sometimes you hear people, ah, oh, people don't want to work today. They really do want to work. It's just very different on how we approach. And, and everyone with COVID, I think it turned uh, the work world upside down mm-hmm. a little bit. You mentioned your staff, and I know that's a real source of joy for you mm-hmm. because, you you know, you're such a good mentor and a leader that way. Talk a little bit about the staff. I know when you first started 25 years ago, you had four or five people on the team. Yeah. Now I think you're up to over 30. Yeah, it's like 34. I'm yeah. guessing. Talk a little bit about the secret of such an incredibly motivated, enthusiastic, professional, and talented staff. Yeah, I, I think that's, back to your point, I think that's one of the things I've really found exciting and fun, and that is that we have a lot of younger people today, mm-hmm. and they're full of life, full of excitement, and I love watching them. Uh, and, you know, we talked about we talked about Paige before we started, but it was an example during our annual meeting where Paige came out and presented a, a check. And in my style, I literally told her as we were going on the stage, hey, you're going to present the check. Oh, gee, I wasn't prepared, but she, she pulled it off. So to stand back and watch people evolve, I think that's great. And the other thing today is you have to be ready. We're, we have a lot of exposure. So 
good people find other opportunities. You know, they're around. Mm-hmm. So in the chamber, let's say you work with us, you're going to be out, probably meet maybe 50 times more what the average person's going to meet if they work in a cubicle, mm-hmm. say, at an accounting firm. So they get offered a lot. So you have to be ready to let people go. And if you believe that you mean it, you have to be ready to do that and support that. I, the last thing I just want to say real quick, I always say if you're going to look for another opportunity, you don't have to hide it. You know, I'll, you can uh, use me as a reference. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to be fine with it. I'm going to work on your transition. But I'm kiddingly now because we've lost some really good people. I say my new philosophy is if you leave, I'll never talk to you again the rest of my <laughs> life. But I don't mean that. I, I am happy for them. He's only kidding, listeners. Yeah, exactly. he's only, if you're thinking of applying for the chamber, he's only kidding. <laughs> yeah. Talk a little bit more about that. What do you think it is about the culture of the chamber that allows you to attract such talented staff? I think the excitement. I really do. I think there's a lot of a lot, a lot of positivity. Probably, you know, if you're not into that, you would think maybe a little too much Chamber of Commerce kind of rah-rah stuff. But I'd say the positivity is one, and the opportunity is the other. There's a lot of opportunity. And again, when people move, one of the things that's odd in my, my life or the way I lead, I don't mind change. I think it's an opportunity. So when someone leaves, we should have someone hopefully ready to step into that spot. Sometimes we, we push people up maybe a little too quickly because we're not maybe as structured sometimes as we should be. But I love watching that change and watching people step up and do great things. Mm-hmm. So, And we've had a lot of that, a whole lot of that. And as you know, because you've been with us for such a long time, we've lost some, some longtime uh, leaders who were amazing. Michelle Young, uh, Marlon Kistner, uh, and, and so many more, Miriam Hortas. Actually, I was with all of them yesterday. I, we meet twice a year, and I bring them all back. And Marta, oh, that's great. Miriam, a bit of an alumni group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to sort of talk, and mm-hmm. and uh, and I do want them to know I appreciate that they. I kiddingly called. I'd be nothing without you, group. And that's how when I email. That's how I send. I thought it. it might be the I survived Tony Ionelli. Yeah, group. <laughs> no, no, no. but I would be nothing. I mean, that's they all worked uh, really, really hard to get oh, us where we are. That's awesome. We know how important volunteers are as well. Again, I'm been a longtime volunteer, and I'm just really devoted and dedicated to the work of the chamber. Could you share a little bit about the importance of volunteers? Yeah, I'm glad you asked. That's a great question, because for my style, it's perfect. I'm not an um, autocrat, so I'm always checking. How, how am I doing? How does this look? What do you think of this? So, And then go with it. So uh, the volunteers that I've had, and I've had amazing chairs, amazing, mm-hmm. as you know, uh, Ann Baum, uh, Buddy Lesavoy, uh, John Hayes, uh, Dorota Kozak, so many great uh, leaders that have been so good to me. But I'll just take you as an example, and that is that you know we have a great, for instance, nonprofit council. Well, I didn't think of that. I wish I would have. Now I pretend that I will. But, <laughs> but really, you had mentioned something. Greg Feinberg was my chair at that time. I mentioned something to Greg. He said that he talked to you, and we ran with it. Now Lori Reinert, uh, you guys are a great team, by the way, the Lorries. And uh, that's been such a great asset. And so many things. This year's annual meeting, you mentioned to me, you know, I think it's great when we have a motivational kind of person. And we brought out the Phantoms coach, Ian LaPerriere. Mm-hmm. And people loved him. I wish we would have spent more time with him, actually. It was great. Lappy, yeah. again, listeners, if you don't know, he is the coach of the Phantoms. And it was fantastic. Really nice part of annual meeting. Yeah. You know, you, when we did our interview, I used the term, uh, thank you, Lehigh Valley, you, you made me. And um, they did. Oh, that's absolutely wonderful. I've heard the chamber talk a lot about that we are a chamber of communities. Mm -hmm. Could you speak to what that means to you and to the rest of the chamber? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, that's about 
balancing a little bit. I, I feel like in the 21st century or now, chambers have to be reinvented to be relevant, in my opinion. I think certainly we're a business organization and we mm -hmm. have to promote business. But in my opinion, we equally have to lift up communities. Uh, and we're, and maybe because our range is so broad and we're in large communities, large by Lehigh Valley standards, Allentown, Bethlehem, uh, Easton, but then we're in the, you know, Northampton and Hellertown and Emmaus and all these great little communities. So uh, lifting them all up is important. We say every main street and what does that Main Street look like in the end? Mm -hmm. uh, and is everybody is everybody participating? And then, of course, an effort that you've really been encouraging and really sort of uh, helped us so much, and that is with our diversity, equity, inclusion. And uh, what does that really mean? Do we really mean that? Is this just something we say, or do we show it in leadership, and do we show it in, I guess you could say, in our action? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All of those activities that you mentioned also require support of our elected officials. Mm -hmm. What role do they play with the chamber? Boy, that's you keep. I keep saying this, but that is a really good question. I, I appreciate that because when you talk about changes, uh, mm -hmm. the evolution of our political leadership in the valley in the last twenty-five years that I'm here is unbelievable. So we are now working. Let's just take currently. Let's just say chambers of old were typically you know, pro-business, Republican kind of organizations. Well, every mayor uh, in the major cities is a Democrat. Every county executive is. So you better, in my opinion, if you're the CEO, shift your philosophy to uh, – that's where I think we come with a, back with the Chamber of Communities because they have supported us. We have contracts for, for certain initiatives in the cities and with the counties who are so helpful to us. So you better understand, in my opinion, what, what are their goals and objectives and, and who do they feel is important in this mix. So, um, so that's an example. I think the political leadership is varied, though. We certainly have in the smaller outlying communities. So it's a, it's a mix of Republican, Democrat, and I think we try to stay in the middle lane and do a pretty good job with that, with mm -hmm. that but also be effective. That's so interesting because I think a lot of people who might not be as closely involved think of the chamber and may think of, oh, chambers support small business. Mm -hmm. And certainly you do, sure. but there's so many others at the table. And speaking of electeds, I know I was with you last week. Where there was a wonderful announcement about the chamber support of Iron Pigs. Mm -hmm. Could you speak a little bit about that? We are fortunate enough because we're a business organization. We're run like a business. Mm -hmm. We're sort of always, always putting some money away like you should for a quote-unquote rainy day. And we have reserves, thankfully. We once before took almost a quarter million dollars for the COVID relief fund, and we partnered with a lot of organizations, businesses, and gave out a half a million. Then the county gave us almost 50 million we ended up dispersing. But back to the pigs, your question, that is that we felt that someone maybe could fill that gap and uh, went to the first the officers, then the exec committee, which you're a part of. And uh, we had overwhelming support. And then, of course, we went to the board meeting and had a uh, had a unanimous uh, vote on it. So I think people felt, look, I mean, there could be some argument that's a private sector business for-profit company, but we felt like they affect so many people and mm -hmm. so many happy faces and have such an impact on a quality of life. And that's right. our, that's what we go by, improving the economy and quality of life. Uh, that's our mission. So we felt like they matched our mission and it was time to step up. And people want to just real quickly said, you know, did you do that because certain municipalities didn't do it? And I said, look, that's not our thing. Our, we, our lane was to support what we understand that municipalities have lots and lots of things they need to, mm -hmm. issues they need to, the challenges that they have. And that's up to them to use the money where they see fit. 
Thank you so much for that. One thing we didn't mention at the top of the show is how large the chamber is and the region that you cover. I know you, our chamber is the sixth largest in the country, mm-hmm. a number we're very proud to share. Could you talk a little bit more about the breadth of the chamber, the regions that you cover? Yeah, that's when you talk about what's changed. I should have mentioned the 25 years. You know, when I got here, it was the Allentown Chamber. Oh, right. And, you know, and, and then it was the Lehigh County. Then it was the Lehigh Valley. Then it was the Greater Lehigh Valley. So, uh, so it's been an expansion, and it's been you know a lot of work to get there. So, I think the biggest challenge with that is if your geographic reach is bigger, uh, you better not lose um, mm-hmm. communities in that process. So that's why we try to be on every main street and do events on every main street, support the communities. So. Uh, so the good news is you're bigger, and obviously members like the reach that if you own a business and you can connect with businesses all across the valley, that's a good thing. The challenge that is, again, that as you get bigger, to manage that growth and to not get lost. Any communities get lost you know, in that whole process. And why do you think you've been so successful in that growth? Just that. We somehow have this crazy bottom-up philosophy. Mm-hmm. We're not a top-down organization. We don't have one office and somewhere that, you know, uh, we have a lot of offices, which isn't easy to manage. I don't even know sometimes. When you think of it, we, we, we often say we partnered with about 13 organizations, almost everyone which was challenged financially, was not doing well financially. But the culmination of that made us really financially strong. So, I guess, again, maybe in a weird way, the word would be humility that, that mm-hmm. we – sometimes people ask me um, if we would come to a community where they're attempting to partner. And almost every time when I would leave, I remember one time Michelle Young and I were at a large community, and uh, I said to Michelle on the way home, that's not going to happen because I could tell the larger organization felt like they were the larger organization. Ah. And I think the moment you feel that way, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. So. Well, your impact has really been felt. I think a lot of people think, oh, it's Allentown, Bethlehem, and Easton that you touch. But it's not. It's regional chambers. It's councils that are grouped around different groups, like African-American business leaders and professionals. So mm-hmm. we've certainly seen that reach. Well, we are coming to the end of our time for our first half. But again, listeners, we're joined here by Tony Inelli, President and CEO of the Greater Lehigh Valley Chamber of Commerce. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. Spread the word about your business or organization to a well-informed audience. Become an underwriter with WDIY. Our lineup of NPR news and locally produced programs reaches thousands of engaged listeners in the Lehigh Valley and beyond. Underwriting on WDIY is an affordable and effective way to provide information about your product and services to people who care. To learn more about underwriting opportunities, 610-694-8100 or WDIY.org. Welcome back to A Closer Look. I'm Laurie Hackett, and we are joined by Tony Ionelli. Tony is the president and CEO of the Greater Lehigh Valley Chamber of Commerce. Tony, welcome back. It's great to be back. <laughs> Love the first part, so... Now, know, now comes the tough part, I Now bet. is the tough part <laughs> because we spent time talking about the chamber, mm-hmm. and now we just want to spend a little time talking about you, Tony, and getting to know you personally. I have the advantage. We're friends, and I do know some things, but I think a lot of our listeners don't. Mm-hmm. So let's really jump right in. Do you have a lot of stress in your role, Tony? I don't think so. No, but I don't. Maybe it's that I've been doing it for so long. And again, I, I don't want to sound like oh, I'm, but I live it. It's what I love to yep. do, and it's just my personality. So- I mean, there have been times where it's been stressful. You know, certain things happen in life and you're somewhere 
25 years and you have the exposure that we have, you know, you're going to have your challenges. But no, I don't feel like um, any incredible amount of stress. I, again, I, I think the stress is self-imposed. I'm, right. You know, I'm, well, we can talk about that, but I tend to put a lot of stress on myself. So. And Tony, you juggle work busy being at lots of things. You're married. You have two daughters. You have three granddaughters. You're from a big family. So we know that family is a real core value Mm. of yours. Are you able to spend time with all of them? And also, what's been more fun, being a dad or being a grandfather? Oh, that's a good good question. I'll go with that last one first. I really, really love being a grandfather because they're crazy, fun kids. They have big personalities, and uh, they call me Papa T. And uh, so uh, I love that. But I mean, I, there's nothing like my daughters. I mean, that's mm-hmm. been my whole my whole life. So I would say that's about even. But they're the, my granddaughters are gaining ground in a big way because I they're they're just fun and amazing, and to watch them emerge has been unbelievable. The first part, what, what did I miss? Just I'm about sorry. family. Do you have time for family? Well, you know, my daughters have this utopic uh, opinion of me as a father, it seems like now, because I think I worked a lot, and I did work a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also was an ice hockey referee back then, and I, I refed in, in how many years? I refed almost 3,000 games. So I feel like maybe like a lot of parents that I worked a lot more. We used to kid when they were younger. They used to say, uh, someone would say, look, either give us your kids or your telephone and your cell phone. And I'd be like, all right, let me think a little bit about that. I'm a kid about that. So I think I did. I, I feel like I did work a lot. But, you know, then you're trying to provide. So it's that typical balance, I think, that we maybe every parent has. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it changes the way you raised your kids and now having the three granddaughters. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that's that's great. You make a lot of jokes about being insecure. At the top of the show, you said something about, well, I'm still working here. Yeah. Are you really as insecure as you joke you are? I think I am until it's go time. Then, then I'm, you know, sort of like, yeah, I mean, I say all the self-effacing things. And I mm-hmm. think at times I do believe them. But then I think when it's time to deliver mm-hmm. without, I really have a thing about quote unquote bragging. So I don't know what, where that comes from, but I really have a thing about that. So I don't want to ever do that. But I think maybe if there's a positive to it, I'm, well, pro, we kiddingly say proactively paranoid. I worry <laughs> about stuff a lot. But I don't think when it comes time to deliver that I don't think I can do it. So it's a weird mix. So back to that, your humility, which Mm -hmm. is certainly something I've noticed. I know you're from a very large family, growing up a big Italian family. Mm -hmm. Do you think your sense of humility and your self-deprecation comes from that? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, my mom's Irish. My dad's Italian. Oh. No, but it was, it, was, it was a lot of Italian influence on it. Mm-hmm. And I would say a couple of things. So, so thanks for that question. Number one, uh, going to Catholic school, humility's big. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had a great experience there, by the way. And I know, you know, there's a lot of talk about that, but I had an amazing experience there. But that's number one. And then I think I had a lot of older brothers and I was the middle child and we picked on each other a lot. So you... You had to be uh, humble or you, would, you wouldn't last in that mm-hmm. family. So I always say, uh, having been in that position, the middle child, uh, sometimes I wish I was more principled. So I tend to go with what I think where the majority is going, you know, and then having older brothers. So I'm willing to negotiate and do whatever I can. But if it comes down to a fight, I'm willing to do that, too, okay. because I've had to do it. <laughs> I love it. And thinking back, Tony, what was the best year of your life? Wow. A lot of them. Almost <laughs> considering where I am now and considering where I started, that I had my first job uh, was on the assembly line at Mack Truck. 
you know, without an education. And if you said, that, you know, if you'd see me putting tires on trucks and say, that's going to be the president of the Chamber of Commerce, you know, the sixth largest Chamber of Commerce in the country. So almost every year. I mean, I've had my challenges in life, you know, I've... Uh, some failed marriages. My, my father lost everything when I was a senior in high school. We got kicked out of our house. You know, we had to go into bankruptcy. Uh, so I've had challenges, but somehow they've made me stronger. And uh, overall, I tell my daughters, look, 80% of your life is going to be good. 10% really unbelievable and 10% a nightmare. So if you can sort of live with that mix, you'll, you know, you'll get there. Would you have changed anything? No, I don't, I don't think so. And I can't. Uh, so, no, I don't really think so. I mean, look, I, there are things I could have been better at, particularly today. You know, the world's evolving so much more rapidly. So I think there are things that I look back and think, boy, I, I wasn't, you know, when I first came to the chamber. Uh, there are things I could have been better at. The world's much more conscious, you know, today. The, right. Our, and um, so but I have to accept that as an evolution, I guess, as, as a leader, that, you know, you, you could have been better but you didn't know how not so good you were, I guess, is the way to say it. You have such a grateful heart, Tony. That's obvious. You, it's obvious when you talk about your family, your work, your team. Why is that so? I, I don't know. I, I guess because, um, again, I think it's hard to not get emotional, but because um, I don't know how it all happened, you know. <laughs> so there's no great reason, you know. If, if I would told you, in my last year at Harvard, you know, and then I could understand right. how it happened. But I love my family, but it was pretty dysfunctional. Uh, uh, again, I don't have, you know, a good uh, education uh, to speak of. And uh, maybe that, because I don't know how it happened. So I just, and maybe, you know, I think back when you're a little kid, you know, you're, that influences your life. Yeah. And again, I think big family, a middle child. So you kind of found your space. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't, it wasn't, you didn't get maybe all the attention. Maybe, and that, maybe that's why, you know, you see an annual meeting. Maybe that's why something I think maybe to work on. I think I, I like getting the attention. So I don't know what that says, but, you know. No, I appreciate that. Do you see some of those qualities in your daughter's? Yeah, they're so different. Chrissy's, uh, my older daughter, Chrissy's um, a performer, and she reminds me so much of me in that she's a performer, but she also has that mercurial self-esteem sometimes. And then Alex is much more stable, so I I get a kick out of Alex. She's a teacher, and she's much, much more stable, less inclined to get caught up in in the the emotion that, Mm -hmm. you know, the doubts. Tony, right now in your life, what is something going on that is expected, and what is something going on right now that's unexpected? Oh, wow. Shoo. Wow, that's a great question. Well, expected, uh, you know, I think a lot of what I do professionally is expected, and uh, expected to uh, expected to be a leader, expected to perform, expected to, and I, I think of, when I think of you, I think of uh, the volunteer leadership. You talked about that earlier. You don't want to let them down. They're really and they're really smart people. I mean, you're around the table with some really bright people. By the way, this is a different direction. But what I admire, what I think I miss, and maybe the organization misses, when I think of your corporate career, mm-hmm. there's a certain training that a corporate career gives a professional that I don't have. And sometimes I think as much as the chamber's been successful, it's sort of run like. A, Tony's uh, electric or Tony's body shop or something. You know, I think we could have more processes and and uh, 
So anyway, that's something I'll, we're going to work on. We have the Future Focus Committee. How can we sort of evolve in that? Uh, anyway, those are the expectations. What's not expected? I don't know. Almost every day can be not expected. Mm-hmm. You know, you just never, and again, especially if you're sort of a, you know, a, I, don't, I guess I'd say a worry or you're, you know, what, what's going to come up today? The good news, most of everything that comes up isn't unexpected because I've already been, been thinking about it, worrying about it way ahead of time. Hence an overthinker. <laughs> yes, so. yes, yeah. If you weren't doing this job, and I know other people have asked you this question, Tony, what would you be doing? What's your dream job? Well, you know, when I was younger, I wanted to be a teacher and a coach. I think I would have been a really good teacher and a coach. Mm-hmm. You know, my dream job, you know, you know it was a weird stuff. I would love, love, love to have been a uh, NHL uh, referee. And not a linesman. So people, are, linesman, he just calls offside. And a referee, you've got to call the penalties. You're, you know, you're out there skating pre- around in yes, the middle with them yeah, all? Yeah, but you're in the show. You know, you've got to run the show. But, I mean, that would be a fun dream job. So I would love that. But uh, I kind of have, you know, for me, again, I, you know, people say that. But I do have the dream job because uh, there's just so many, so much that goes on that's fun, challenging, but yet fun. You know, I think, again, the annual dinner, where, how, who can go to Wind Creek, of all places, right. and perform in front of people and uh, just pull that whole thing off? And then I say to myself, because it's my personality, okay, isn't this incredible, but are we deep enough? Is, are we too much entertainment? Do we need to change? And so those are the kind of things I want to figure out for the future in the last two and a half years that I'll be here, two, Great. two and a half. And, Tony, who has influenced you? I know we've talked about this before, but we all have people in our lives. Could you share with us a couple of people that have really impacted you personally and professionally? Yeah, sure. When I was younger, I would say, for some reason, the the nuns at St. Catherine's come in my mind. I, I was like in awe of them. I was scared of them, but I was in awe of them. But they were tough but loving, you know, so that that's in an odd way. I think both my parents, I maybe don't give them enough credit, at least publicly. My, my mom on the Irish side, my mom had a great sense of humor. She found humor in everything. And she's, to, she's my, my first name is Terrence, but she changed, not changed, but she, everything I had, my little savings book as a kid, she changed to T. Anthony because she thought that would sound, um, you know, whatever, successful. And my dad had an insane work ethic. He worked a lot. He also had an insane temperament, Italian temperament. But um, so they both, I would say, influenced me. And then as I went on professionally, I mean, a number of people helped me. Ray Holland, uh, Elmer Gates was very, very good to me. Uh, Ann Baum, you, you know, really, I think I learned a lot from you. But again, what I like about you is that you're a, I'm, I'm sorry, I just got to say this, but you're a, a rapid thinker. So I, when I'm with you, whether, I'm, you know, we're having just a meeting, having breakfast, whatever, uh, I'm on my toes because you're a rapid thinker. And again, you work for a hugely successful company. So there's no coasting. You get my attention. I'll put it that way. Well, thanks for that. Yeah. What about when you're not working, when you're not with the kids? I know you have a motorcycle that you enjoy. <laughs> Talk about what you do in your free time. Yeah, I don't ride it as much because it's getting a little crazy. In fact, I think I'm going to not do it pretty soon. But I, I like almost every day or not every day, but a lot of days I'm either walking. I, I try to walk. I want to stay healthy, mm-hmm. heart healthy in particular. So I walk the parkway probably three times a week in any kind of weather. And maybe I go to the gym three times a week. I don't know. I have a lot of just like simple enjoyments now. So uh, I tend to do less socializing because I I do so much professionally. Mm-hmm. So um, so little things uh, that I don't and I don't even know. I love working around my yard. I love doing that. I have a truck now. So um, you that, say that so proudly. Yeah, I know. I, have I love a truck my truck. That's the truth. Yeah, <laughs> I always wanted a truck. You know, it's not it's like kind of uh, like not real old, but old enough that I throw stuff in it. And uh, I have a chainsaw and I have. Uh, 
you know, so uh, I like doing that kind of stuff. I love working. I have to, I'm going all the time. Wendy laughs because I'll say, you know what, tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow I'm not doing aning. And that lasts until about 10 o'clock. Then I'm out doing something, waxing. I like to wax cars, just crazy stuff. Oh, so here's an example. Okay. My, in the summertime in my garage, I'll have the speakers going. I'll have some, uh, music playing, you know, maybe yacht rock, oldies, whatever, and blasting. And I'm waxing someone's car, mine or hers or my daughter's or whatever. Or then I'm going to mow and I put the headset on. I really like music a lot. That's the simple stuff that I love that really makes me happy, I think, and, and relaxed. And Tony, at the last chamber annual meeting, you, you sang. You serenaded the audience with a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful rendition of Cara Mia. Could you, I wanted to ask about your love of music and singing. Would you ever have liked to be a performer? Yeah, and I think now. I should have been. I'm thinking, boy, I missed the. Um, I have to give the credit for that. I mean, I would have a long way to go, but at least from. I, and I even said it at the meeting. Father Delapica from St. Catherine's. I was in the choir, and uh, he was tough, man. I used to think, oh, he sounds so good, and then all of a sudden, you know, he would smash his hands on the piano. But yeah, I, I, I never realized that, but I. I love again. I love music. In fact, when we picked the song, Frank Fakiano, who runs the uh, the event, he um, had some songs he suggested, and I said, Frank, I got to sing a song that is in my heart, and I've always wanted to try and sing that song because it's a high and low range. But anyway, and that is even the question: What's the CEO of the chamber doing up singing a song? But we try to open it mm-hmm. to make people smile and say, well, you know, what's going on? I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going. You know, we put a lot of people in that room. Anyway. Well, you did exactly that because we loved it. It was a perfect opening. Tony, unfortunately, we're at the end of our time, oh, but darn. I wanted to close with one last question. Is there a quote or a mantra or something that you use that guides you each day? Yes. And I, I didn't always have one. It used to be that the um, in the arena about, you know, it's one thing to be in the arena, another thing to watch. And I always liked that because I'd either just be in rather than be a, a bystander. And I always say this, I'm not a you know, I'm not the, the poster child for, the, for faith or church-going people. But I, uh, one time, years ago, a Bible verse jumped out to me, and it's, uh, humble yourself under God's mighty hand that he will lift you up <laughs> in his time. I feel like he has lifted me up higher than I ever thought I'd go, and it's been fun. I'm thankful for that. Perfect. Perfect ending. Listeners were both crying, just so <laughs> in case you're wondering. But again, Tony, yeah. thanks for being with us. We were joined tonight by our friend and certainly a well-known community leader, Tony Ionelli, president and CEO of the Chamber of Commerce. So thanks for being with us. Thank you. <laughs> Listeners, thanks again for joining us tonight on A Closer Look. We look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you.